Welcome to another episode of United on Wheels, United Spinal's podcast about life as a wheelchair user. As always, I'm your host, Ian Ruder. I'm a United Spinal employee and the editor of New Mobility Magazine. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the most important topics people with spinal cord injuries and disorders have to deal with, urinary health and urinary tract infections. Not being able to control your bladder can be one of the most difficult aspects of life after a spinal cord injury. Urinary tract infections, kidney infections, and kidney stones are just a few of the issues we have to watch out for. Left unchecked or not dealt with properly, they can lead to serious health problems. But with the right knowledge, the right products, and the right mindset, you go a long way towards preventing those problems and keeping your bladder healthy and functional. To help you do just that, I brought in two heavy hitters to join me on the podcast. I'm incredibly fortunate to be joined by Nurse Jane Weirbicki and New Mobility Scribe Bob Vogel. Jane is the Nurse Information Specialist for United Spinal's Resource Center and has over 30 years of experience working with spinal cord injuries. Bob has 33 years of personal experience on this topic as a T10 para, and he has been a regular contributor to New Mobility since 1996, covering everything from travel and adventure to medical information and general spinal cord injury. He's also the author of two of New Mobility's most famous columns, Bladder Matters and Paramedic, and between the two of them, he has written countless columns about today's topic. So thank you guys both so much for being here. Thank you, Ian. Great to be here. Okay, so before we get into the nitty gritty, I'm really excited to announce that this is our first sponsored podcast. Today's podcast is supported by an educational grant from Hollister Incorporated. Hollister is an independently owned company that develops, manufactures, and markets ostomy care and continence care products and services worldwide. Hollister has been serving healthcare professionals and consumers for almost 95 years and is committed to making life more rewarding and dignified for people who use the company's products and services. Hollister has been a huge supporter of United Spinal for a long time, and I've had the pleasure of getting to know some of their amazing reps over the years at our events. They're really great people with excellent products and a real dedication to helping our community. Thanks, Hollister. We truly appreciate the support. One other thing I'd like to address before we get started today is to make clear that none of us are certified to give out medical advice in this format. We're not doctors. We don't know what your symptoms or your health history are. Our goal is to provide resources and share our stories and knowledge in hopes that they may be of use to you or someone you know. If you're dealing with a serious medical issue, go to your healthcare professional, someone who knows you. Every body, and as pertains to today, every bladder and urinary system is different and adding in the unique complexities of a spinal cord injury just magnifies the potential for complications. So with all that in mind, Jane, Bob, let's start off with a really simple question. Why is urinary health and preventing and treating UTI such a big deal for the spinal cord injury community? Well, I think the important place to start is the overall function of the urinary tract, which is to remove waste and fluids from the body. The upper urinary tract includes the kidneys, again, which filters the blood to remove waste and produce urine. That urine moves from the kidneys to the ureters into the bladder where it is normally stored. From the bladder, urine travels out the urethra when people void. Um, following spinal cord injury, there are disruptions in bladder function due to the neurological injury. And these changes can lead to an inability to fully empty the bladder volitionally and also affect the pressure in the bladder. Um, in order to empty the bladder after SCI, many people rely upon bladder emptying methods such as indwelling catheters 
or intermittent catheters where the um, person catheterizes and then removes the catheter following the emptying of the bladder. Um, so these methods, um, I'm sorry, these changes can lead to increased incidence of urinary tract infection for people. Um, when you're relying upon catheters to empty the bladder, bacteria naturally introduced during that process. Um, so urinary complications then can ultimately affect the kidneys, which can be harmful to a person's health and wellness. Um, recent study at the University of Washington showed um, that one year following discharge from inpatient rehabilitation, UTI was the most common secondary condition that people experienced following spinal cord injury with um, approximately 62% of the study population experiencing UTIs. Um, from information that we get from the National Spinal Cord Injury Statistical Center, um, through the model spinal cord injury systems, um, we know that urinary tract infections um, are one of the leading causes of illness for people with spinal cord injury. And I think, and I think Bob, you, you and I, having been through this and been through the uh, immediate afterwards, that's one of the first things they tell you in rehab is, you know, you got to take care of this. And I don't think at th that point I really realized what, what we were getting into when it came to UTIs and having to be careful about all this stuff. It's a, it's a constant concern, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. Uh, in fact, um, uh, one of the things that you mentioned, well, kind of flipping back, I was very fortunate that the, the rehab center I went to um, had a, an excellent urologist that really knew um, spinal cord injury, and, and he was very good at communication. So um, it's kind of like the old school rehab where you stayed in rehab until you learned as much as you could. Uh, so I, I had actually learned quite a bit about taking care of my bladder in, in rehab. And I, and I was really, really fortunate because that, that gave me a good, um, kind of a good leg up on things. Um, in fact, one of the, one of the questions you said was, you know, what would I advise myself if I could go back in time to getting right out of the hospital? And, and really I kind of did that, the, like the, the couple things, actually four things I, I, I would do. First of all, you know, find find a good urologist wherever you're going to end up at. So uh, let's say um, you, wherever you are in the country, let's say you fly to Craig um, and you're going back to your home state, just ask them for resources. Hey, you know, who's a, who's a good urologist that knows this? And then talk with her or him um, in that same thing, ask her or him, you know, how often should I see you, um, you know, for spinal cord injury kind of a deal, you know, should I see you every year, whatever. Um, and then the second thing I found out is um, uh, in that, especially that um, Jane talked about that first year, uh, in, in my experience, things change in that first year. My bladder was super quiet until about one year out. And then all of a sudden it started to get in really bad spasms. Uh, and fortunately I had a relationship with this urologist, so I was able to get right in and and get on dip, ditropan. And uh, also, fortunately, he explained to me, um, you know, the bad stuff that could happen if you don't treat spasms. I mean, it's way more than just leaking. Um, you know, it can really damage your bladder and kidneys. 
uh, and the other thing I would tell my, uh, you know, my newly injured self is, uh, last two things is, um, drink lots of water, but make sure you catheterize accordingly. And, um, last but not least, when you have your, you know, your basic tests every year or two, like the, the kidney x-rays and, and your bladder ultrasounds, I find it really helps when I ask my urologist, hey, can I take a look at that? And just, you know, when you're describing what's going on, I want to I want to visualize it. That it just really helps me get what's going on. You talked about kind of the steps you go through uh, with your urologist and maintaining that healthy relationship. Uh, specifically, though, what are some of those questions that you make sure to ask when you're talking to them and sort of the preventative steps that you put on your calendar to check in with? Um, well, um, Jane can weigh in on this a lot better, but um, for me, uh, I, I don't I don't have an indwelling or anything like that. I, re I do regular intermittent catheterization. And, um, uh, you know, kind of fortunately, unfortunately, I now have a quiet bladder, um, but it was due to an accident. I hurt my, my sacral area really bad, so it wiped out those nerves. Um, so I don't have to worry about spasticity, but still every year um, per my uh, urologist, I get a, um, an ultrasound on the, uh, on the bladder and the kidneys just to make sure they look right. And then um, I get a, um, a you know, for, per her suggestion, get a yearly x-ray just to make sure that I don't have any uh, kidney or bladder stones. Um, so those are the kind of the main things that I look for. Then the other thing that's really important is um, I, um, you know, every time I urinate, I, I use the um, the closed system with the collection bag. So I just make sure and try and keep my urine in that sort of drink enough fluid where it comes out sort of a straw yellow kind of a, a deal. And any time that it has either a weird smell or a weird look, then I know, all right, Time to first drink a little more water, and if that doesn't work, or if I'm feeling a little off, then it's it's time to do something about it. What other preventative things, Jane, would you recommend, or you think people should consider when they're look, trying to take care of their bladder? Well, I think Bob touched on a really important issue for people, and that's um, one of the issues that we get contacted about quite often in the resource center is um, access to specialists who who really understand spinal cord injury as well as urology. And sometimes that might require traveling outside your immediate area. Um, so one of the things that we try to do is help people connect um, or find resources to find specialists that can help them address their specific concerns. Um, and one thing that Bob also mentioned is, um, you know, changes as people move on. And that's also a, an issue that we hear from people about quite often is, you know, that they managed okay with their bladder situation for a while, but then suddenly they're experiencing some changes that were new to them. So really trying to connect with the specialists that can help you find the solution. And I think an important thing to consider is, whether no matter your type of bladder management, that there are all kinds of options out there. So being willing to communicate with your specialists about what you're experiencing and trying to explore some other options that might be available to help you manage whatever the symptoms may be. Um, there's various equipment changes that you might consider. For example, for people who use intermittent catheters, 
hydrophilic catheters um, have shown in some research to um, perhaps reduce the incidence of um, urinary tract infections for people as well as like micro trauma during the course of catheterization. And so exploring different product options or such as closed systems where um, you don't directly touch the catheter. Um, so other, other types of management that you might be able to benefit from. And of course, there's also um, a number of health, you know, considerations to um, take into account. Bob mentioned drinking and of course, drinking and keeping your bladder um, from over distending is an important factor for people with spinal cord injuries. So it's often um, suggested that people drink between two to three liters per day. That's a general, um, general recommendation, but certainly there are exceptions and that's important to talk to your urologist about the amount of fluid that you should be drinking based on your type of bladder management um, protocol. But fluids are an incredibly important part of helping manage um, urinary tract infections after spinal cord injury. And there are other considerations as well, such as exercise, which is thought to um, you know, boost the immune system. Um, there are different types of um, dietary supplements that um, might be considered. Oftentimes, some of these um, things are um, mixed results in the research, such as cranberry pills, for example. Um, but in some cases, they do work well for individuals. So um, although they may not be perfect for everyone, it's certainly worth having a discussion with your urologist or your specialist, see if any of these types of, um, you know, other types of preventative measures might be helpful for you, taking your individual circumstances into account. Yeah, definitely. But I would caution people, um, it's important to know that not um, all spinal cord injuries are exactly alike, even if somebody has a similar level of injury as you. Um, Injuries up in the cervical area, for example, of the spinal cord may produce a type of bladder um, where the bladder muscle known as the detressor is more spastic and um, um, creates a higher pressure in the bladder situation. And, and in these cases, people might have um, bladder spasms, more frequent um, leakage of urine, for example. Um, whereas people with injuries in the lower level of the spinal cord injury may have a more areflexic type of bladder where the bladder easily over distends. Um, so what works well for one person isn't not necessarily perfect for the next person. So it's really incredibly important to talk with your um, urologist when you hear suggestions from people to just see um, if it might be applicable to you taking your unique situation into account. Well, and one other thing uh, you mentioned earlier, Jane, in your initial comment, uh, putting the bladder in kind of the perspective that it's not just the bladder, that your urinary system is also really heavily reliant on your kidneys and the ureters and the importance of maintaining, uh, you know, keeping that all healthy. Can you guys mm -hmm. talk a little bit about some of the dangers and some of the things you have to watch out for as far as kidney health and uh, why that's so important when it comes into this discussion about uh, UTIs and staying Keeping keeping away from them. Sure. Actually, can I can I just jump in real quick because Jane sure. can, can give like a lot better overview of why you know like how this happens. But I just say I have um, 
a couple friends that are um, you know kind of come from the older school where uh, they they didn't have um, I mean they were hurt back before there was the intermittent catheters so it was managing more with a Foley thing and uh, um, you're getting a lot more um, uh, bladder infections as well as um, didn't have as good um, like the better drugs for managing spasticity. Um, one friend of mine, uh, you know, got so many infections that he ended up having to have his entire bladder and uh, kidney uh, transplant, um, you know, re rebuild, um, transplant a kidney and, and a rebuild of bladder and other friends on dialysis and is waiting for a kidney. Um, so it's, this stuff is real serious. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it, thank goodness it can be managed well these days, but you have and to take it Bob, very just, seriously. Just to be clear though, the reason that for that is because the infection went up from the bladder into the kidneys or they developed some sort of kidney infection is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and it was repeated every time you get an infection that gets up into the kidneys. It's my understanding it, you know, it, it kills a little part of that kidney that never comes back. If, if I'm correct, then Jane will tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, kidney damage is an incredibly serious situation, um, can, as you said, lead to much further complications such as dialysis, et cetera. The good news is that although um, kidney failure used to be a leading cause of morbidity for people with um, spinal cord injury, there have been dramatic improvements, as you said, with antibiotics and um, other um, bladder management techniques and surveillance um, evaluations to monitor kidney function. So that has been improved, but it's certainly still a, um, a risk. So something to, that needs to be very much con considered carefully. So, um, you know, with kidney, as I mentioned, with spinal cord injury, you can have several different types of bladder issues and um, a highly spastic bladder, um, which is constantly um, contracting and maybe fighting against the sphincter muscle. In normal urination, um, the bladder muscle will contract and the sphincter muscle, which leads um, to the opening of the urethra to allow urine to come out. Um, those work um, in a sort of symbiotic way when the bladder contracts, the sphincter opens and allows for normal ur urination. But in um, some spinal cord injury situations, the bladder might contract as well as the sphincter at the same time. So they're sort of fighting against each other and creating a high pressure situation in the bladder. That creates a situation where um, uh, urine can backflow up to the ureters and into the kidney, which can result in um, some damage to the kidney, hydronephrosis, for example. Um, so it certainly is an issue of concern. Um, bacteria as well that are in your bladder can backflow, creating a kidney infection, which can be damaging to the kidney. So it is certainly um, a chief concern for people with spinal cord injury and one that needs to be um, monitored carefully. And so working with a urologist that can help, um, that is familiar with spinal cord injury, so can take into account things such as your functional level, your quality of life, the things, how you want to spend your day, how much assistance you have to help with bladder management activities, and then can also do some examinations such as urodynamics, which look at the pressure in your bladder when your bladder is filling, et cetera, and what's going on exactly with your bladder. 
Um, so working with the urologist that is very familiar with those things to help maintain normal pressures in your bladder or the best bladder pressures that you can maintain with the use of medications in some cases or the bladder management techniques such as intermittent catheterization or indwelling catheters or other surgical management options as well for people who have um, more difficult to control issues. So it's extremely important to work um, with a urologist that understands those um, issues for people with spinal cord injury. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. And we talked a lot of, I mean, talking about kidneys and the bladder, about some of the, you guys have a lot of good ideas of what you can do to try and keep things healthy and to do, best prevent uh, the onset of infection. But I think over the years, I've learned that you can do everything right. Sometimes bad things just happen. Uh, so let's say that you know, you've know you been taking good care of everything and you still end up with an infection. What are some of the best practices or things that people should be thinking about uh, doing when they find out or feel like they may be getting a urinary tract infection? Well, there are things early on that you can do. Um, one thing that's important to mention with um, urinary tract infections or um, bladder or um, bacteria in the urine for people with spinal cord injury, as I mentioned before, with bladder management techniques, it's almost unheard of to um, have no bacteria in your urine. So the idea is just to keep them at a minimum. Um, and so um, that said, you can, if you sense that you might be getting a urinary tract infection, you can perhaps see that your urine is a bit more cloudy or you see some additional sediment in your urine, perhaps a foul smell, um, but you, you don't feel particularly ill. You haven't noticed any other symptoms of urinary tract infection, which would include such things as increased spasticity, autonomic dysreflexia, um, headache, feeling, feeling ill or tired, um, nausea, you know, whole, whole, and pain on urination if sensation is intact, things like that. If you get on it early, you might be able to increase your fluids. Um, and depending on your bladder method, um, if you have an indwelling catheter, increase your fluids. <clears throat> um, if you use indwelling, I'm sorry, intermittent catheterizations, increase your fluids, but you may also need to increase the amount of times that you catheterize keep the bladder from overfilling, which is incredibly important to minimize pressure in your bladder. So those are some things you can do. There's also been some look again about um, some other um, supplements or things you can try, such as cranberry pills, as I mentioned before, which research is sort of mixed on whether or not they're effective, but it might be something to discuss with your own physician to see if it might work for you. Um, some people have tried D-mannose, which is a sugar, um, which helps prevent bacteria from kind of adhering to your um, bladder wall and prevent infection. So while not effective at treating a UTI, they might help ward off one. Um, but oftentimes, um, you know, it's important to look at, have a really a good urine sample when you share to your physician. Um, because, as I mentioned, there will always be some bacteria. So they also want to look at how much bacteria is in your urine and whether there are other things such as white, uh, you know, elevated white counts in your urine. Um, if there, there are no symptoms, such as things I mentioned, like bladders, um, 
leakage or spasticity, headache, fever, um, then it may not be treated. Um, so it's important to get a really good sample um, when, when you're suspecting that you might have a UTI. Um, you know, foul smelling urine is not necessarily a sign of um, UTA. It may be, but it also could be caused by um, some of the food you ate, for example. So, um, you know, when submitting a sample to your physician, you should um, look at using a clean collection device um, and not using, reusing like a leg bag or such to get a, a sample in because that will be contaminated as well. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, one of the things I've learned over 20 years is, uh, and it takes time, is to trust my own instincts a lot of the mm -hmm. time on this stuff because it can sure. be very deceptive, you know, the onset of symptoms and, you know, some you can have some of these symptoms and not others. And, uh, you know, it took me a long time, but now I understand, I have a pretty good feeling of when I, when the infection is coming on, when, it, when it's not, mm -hmm. when I can maybe work through it, when I need to go see a doctor. So... I mean, Bob, how do you go about that? Um, actually, Ian, you, you hit the nail on the head is that um, at, at first um, I would just, you know, go to my urologist all the time. Um, but I, at, at first it was uh, I would wait till I had a full on fever. And um, I don't know, for me, once I get to the fever stage, that means that it's, it, uh, you know, basically I've been hit by a train. It, it's really bad. And so um, o over the years, like you, I started developing, as Jane mentioned, uh, I'll, I'll notice uh, some extra aches and pains. You know, my legs will be burning, um, some extra spasticity as well as just not feeling right. Um, and uh, I had a urologist tell me very wisely, he said that um, uh, diagnosing a, a a bladder infection, it, it's really, um, you know, a com it's almost more of an art than straight science. Um, you kind of take in, in a spinal cord injury, um, you, you take into account everything because uh, he says, you know, is your, is your bladder smelly because uh, you have an infection or are you just dehydrated or did you have asparagus for dinner last night? As Jane said, you know, <laughs> what, what you ate. So, um, I, you know, I, I think at first it's, like you said, it's a matter of kind of learning those symptoms. And um, I, I also learned I'd, I'd rather go in and, um, and give a sample and find out it's nothing. Uh, but the first thing I like to do, as Jane says, try and just flush it out with water, make sure I'm catheterizing enough so I'm not building up large volumes. Um, and a lot of times that'll really, um, that'll uh, do the, the best thing. The other thing, uh, just uh, I see this on forums a lot. I want to um, reiterate that with with cranberry um, to really get the uh, what you need, it, it's got to be the concentrated cranberry pills. Um, I see a lot of people saying, "Oh, I drank a bunch of cranberry juice," which the cranberry juice you get at the store, you know, it tastes yummy, but it's it's just <laughs> kind of mainly sugar, and so it's making you fat, and it's actually feeding the infection. It's not really helping fight it other than it's a liquid, so um, at, at least that's what I've been told. Yeah. Right. Well, I was gonna, and I was going to say, a lot of this, a lot of things we're talking about today sound dark and depressing, you know, when you're thinking about UTIs and how many, all those things you have to do just to avoid this off, but um, as you were saying, Bob, you know, I think over time, you figure these things out, and just having this knowledge 
um, the, the kind of thing we're talking about today and figuring out your own body, um, you, you, can, you can avoid these things a lot better uh, than you can when you first get out of the hospital. And I know these last, last few years of my life, it's been a lot easier for me as I've sort of learned to do this. And I've seen that among friends and other people too. So um, just listen to yourself, listen to your body, be aware of what's going on, you know, have a great relationship with your doctor um, and uh, keep your eyes open for what's, what, what your body is trying to tell you. Also, if I could just kind of throw out um, a secret weapon um, that I I started having a lot of bladder infections, and um, uh, about seven years ago, my urologist um, suggested that uh, I uh, get a um, it's a prescription solution. Uh, it's a mixture of uh, sterile saline with um, a, a prescription antibiotic um, called Neosporin Goo. And um, what I do is like once a day or once every other day when I'm done catheterizing, I, uh, I draw a um, uh, 30 cc's into a big sterile syringe and I just put that syringe into the end of the catheter and put it into my bladder. And the good thing about that is the antibiotic doesn't go anywhere else in my body, so it doesn't mess up my gut or anything. And um, I since I started using that seven years ago, um, I've only had one uh, bladder infection. And uh, and I, there, we, we can probably put a link on this. I actually wrote a uh, uh, wrote an article, um, a paramedic article uh, about that. Um, and you can you can actually. So it's something I would say if you're having a lot of trouble, ask your urologist if this is something that is appropriate. Um, so that's 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 my secret weapon. Yeah, definitely. And there are. Oh, sorry, Jane. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it's a really good point, um, and it's um, another issue where you know research is a bit mixed on the results of whether or not um, bladder installations are effective and. Um, combating or preventing uh, UTI, but another example of where it may help on an individual basis. So again, it's just really a great point to bring forward to your doctor because it may be something that could help you. So. Exactly. And as Bob mentioned, uh, there's a full archive of all the columns that Bob has written over the years, which is extensive, at www.newmobility.com. Uh, if you search for his last name, Vogel, V-O-G-E-L, or you can search just bladder or whatever specific question you may have, and you'll find a lot of great resources. Uh, likewise, you can also go to www.unitedspinal.org, and you can find the resource center that Jane works in. Um, they put together a ton of great resources online uh, that deal with not just bladder issues, but pretty much anything you could think of relating to spinal cord injury. Um, and you can, they also have information there for how to get in touch with members of the resource center like Jane. If you have a question that comes up from today's conversation or something else or whatever, you just need some help, um, they are truly a great resource and they're always there for anyone who is interested. So those are two great resources to look at. Any other resources you guys want to put out there um, before we wrap up? Sure. Well, our webinars often cover some of these issues, and we maintain uh, archived copies on our website. Um, in fact, you know, I know there's a good bit of interest in some of the um, nutrition in terms of boosting immune system responses and preventing infections in general. And we recently had a webinar on nutrition that talks about some of these very issues in greater detail. So that might be of interest for someone to take a peek at. That's a great idea. Um, 
Bob, any others for you? Um, no, I think I think that covers it. Awesome. Uh, any other plugs for you guys? Want anything else you want to throw in before we wrap up? Always give you give give my guests a chance at the end. <laughs> sure, I'll also give a plug to the Model Systems Knowledge Translation Center. We have many of their fact sheets um, and other um, resources in our uh, resources that we maintain in the our center. But um, they're a great website to check out information on fact sheets. They have quite a few on urinary tract infection, managing bladder, um, bladder management options, surgical options, and things like that. So it's a good website to check out, which is msktc.org. Awesome. Uh, well, that's it. I want to thank both you guys, and I want to thank Hollister again uh, for being our sponsor today. And I hope that if you are listening today, you will go online and check out some of the resources they're talking about. And if you have any questions or concerns, please get in touch with us. Uh, through one of those websites, and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks guys. Thanks very much, Ian. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Jane. Thank you.